0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR, talent, and leadership communities to you. For more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com. Subscribe and follow us on social media.
1: Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. If you're a business leader, you're legally obliged To optimize your strategy and resources to maximize shareholder return. This may lead you to assume that it's not your responsibility or in your best interest to care about the environment, social, and governance issues. But actually, making ESG a part of your business strategy can unlock growth opportunities, reduce costs, and future proof your brand in the eyes of an increasingly conscious public. Listen to this HR Chat episode to learn how. And my returning guest today is Scott Lane founder and CEO over at Speaky, a group focused on transforming compliance hotlines and other compliance areas using AI technologies. Speaky is also a player in compliance certifications and compliance auditing, and one of the few bodies in the world accredited by ISO for certifications under the ISO 37001 anti-bribery standard. Hey, Scott, welcome back to the HR chat pod.
0: Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having us.
1: So, Scott, as you've been a guest on this show previously, what we're going to do is we're going to forego the usual first get to know you question. And instead, I direct listeners to check out HR Chat episode 357, uh, which was released back in late 2021. I believe it was November 2021. If you're looking for that, listeners. Uh, instead, we're going to get straight into the to the meat of the conversation today, Scott. Um, th- there seems to be lots of dialogue right now about esgs and whether it is a fad or or something that will stay around uh, what do you think
0: well it's a good question there's definitely a lot of dialogue uh, that's for sure uh, these days we've got many celebrity ce- ceos talking about esg and some of them are talking about it very positively and some not so much um now if you break it all down and have a look at it and you think about esg Unfortunately, historically ESG has been really focused on financial services companies who are looking at a particular fund or looking at a particular investment and saying is it good for the environment. And that historical way of looking at things and the rating systems that have come about as a result of that have typically put ESG into a box around environment, sustainability and finance companies. Whereas ESG in its real sense is actually quite different. ESG is really about environmental, social, and governance. There are three letters and there's three words. It's a lot more than just environmental. And so when you look at the CEOs that really think about ESG and they think about all the elements that make up ESG, then I think it's very clear that the industry and companies recognize that it is here to stay. It is quite significant. And it is a true value to stakeholders. So there are definitely diverging opinions. However, I think the majority says ESG is here to stay and it's something that is good for corporations and good for the planet and that we should invest in it and build it out.
1: So is this just for large global companies, Scott? Or is there a place for for SMB, small to medium-sized businesses to, to build ESG too?
0: Well, ESG is really meant for all organisations, and I say that because when you look at the foundations of E, S, and G, what you're really saying is, is our organisation thinking about the environment? Are we being respectful to the to our climate? Are we thinking about natural resources? Are we thinking about our use of energy? You no, know, those things are relevant for any organisation, and frankly the way it is, I think we all recognize that every company, small, medium, or large, needs to have some thoughts around environment. It just seems obvious in this day and age that we need to consider that. Likewise with social. You know, social is about how as an organization we work, and it includes a lot of the classic human resources elements. So how do we build an environment in our companies where people can speak up? How do we build an environment that's safe for people to work? How do we build an environment where we are managing people fairly, equitably? How do we manage them from a diversity perspective or harassment, discrimination, bullying? All of these fundamental expectations that we all have as employees is what forms part of social. So whether you're a large company or medium company or a small company, every employee, expects you to have some element of what we've just talked about. And in order to remain competitive, you will need to have those elements. And likewise with governance. Governance is all about how the organization runs. And there's nothing more frustrating to employees to see an organization that just runs poorly. Policies and procedures are not there. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have a system of ethics or integrity. There's no governance structure You know, the board and the management's all confused and don't communicate effectively and there's no real appreciation for transparency or speaking up or whistleblowing. And no one wants to work at an organisation like that, frankly. It's frustrating for employees to, to look at management and the board and just shake their heads and think, you know, you guys have got no idea how to structure and govern this company to make it really valuable. So when you look at all those elements of E, S and G, it's for every organization, small, medium and large. And for those medium and small companies that think, well, it's all a bit difficult for me and it sounds like a lot of work and I probably don't need to invest in it. Well, if you're a supplier to a large corporation, the large corporation is going to require you to do it either contractually or as part of your supply and they're probably going to measure you on it and they're probably going to enforce that you have certain standards. So you can either get on the front foot and build it and be progressive and a leader in this space, or you can can wait in line. And the impact of that is that your major customers may choose someone else with a better ESG standards and a better ESG approach than what you have. So the answer is for small and medium-sized companies, it's probably even more important to you In order to not only set the standards for ESG, but to win those customers because you're a safe option for them to choose as their supplier.
1: You recently presented a webinar called Combining a Whistleblower Program with Social Listening to Generate Data. Uh, The webinar's goal was to show how to generate real data for one's ESG and compliance efforts by combining an active whistleblowing program with proactive social listening tools. Uh, this sounds really interesting. This really piqued my interest. Can you can you tell us more? Sure. Well, part of ESG
0: and probably part of the G element is uh, a whistleblowing system. And for those of you that uh, listening that are not totally familiar on whistleblowing systems, what it is is a mechanism by which companies have to enable employees and third parties uh, outside the business to make a report and to report something through to the company. And it might be... A particular concern it might be a piece of feedback or it might be some form of misconduct and so companies will have these whistleblowing systems and they will encourage people to speak up now of course the challenge is whether someone actually does it so if someone finds something or they hear something or they're concerned about something will they actually use the system to report an issue and what we've found over the years is that in most cases Actually, people don't. They don't report up issues through the system. So the question is, where do those people go if they have a concern and they want to talk about it? And what we've found over the last five years is that people will go to social media and talk about it. So just think about your own experiences if you're sitting in a restaurant and you had a bad experience and someone walks over to you and asks you a question, you how was your meal tonight? And your answer is probably the same as mine, which is, oh, it's terrific, thanks, all fine. Knowing farewell that it wasn't and that you're frustrated and you've had a bad experience. No one really wants to have that dialogue in front of people. No one really feels that safe to be able to have that dialogue. It's not a very comfortable thing to do. What's more comfortable, however, is when you walk out of the restaurant, bring up your booking record on one of the apps that you book the restaurant, And to give a rating or to make a comment or no doubt a review system will ping you within an hour and ask you to give some feedback. Everyone's more than happy to start clicking on their phone and give a three-star rating with some comments. So what that shows you is that speaking up inside the restaurant might be a bit tough for a lot of people. In fact, most people. But going on their phone and giving a rating or giving a comment is actually quite easy. So if you now put that into a corporate perspective, what's really happening inside companies? Well, you've got this system of reporting up, you've got a whistleblower system, people can email, they can go on an app and leave a message, they can perhaps call a hotline. But we know that most people don't feel comfortable doing that. So despite all our great efforts in doing that, they're more likely to go to social media. And so the organization also needs to think about how do they monitor social media to try and capture those comments. They could be made in Twitter, they could be in Facebook. That could be in any social media. And it's really important for companies now to think, how do we capture that information that's being talked about in social media so that we're fully aware of issues that may be out there that just haven't been reported to us? The second thing is the sentiment of those messages, keeping an eye and listening in social for what people are talking about us from a ESG perspective, from our social, our workplace or our environmental stance or the way we run this business and from a governance perspective, those comments are out there. And they're generally speaking, they're available. And with a little bit of work, a little bit of technology and a little bit of focus, you're able to capture that information, combine it with the information that people report through to you. And that will give you a much stronger picture of the elements of ESG that you really want to be reporting on. So these days, you really need to think about Social listening, in addition to that whistleblowing traditional approach.
1: Excellent, thank you very much. And, and I'm, I'm guessing that uh, there'll be somewhere where folks can maybe get a copy of, of the recording of that webinar if they if they go to your website, they contact your team, something like that. Would, would they be able to get a copy, Scott?
0: Absolutely. If you go to our website, at speaky.com, you'll be able to identify all of the areas of our both white papers and also the webinars and the recordings. But I do encourage people to think through how to use social listening. It is something, it's a media that is omnipresent. It's not going away. And if anything, it's going to get much larger. So being able to tap into that is absolutely key. Uh, And unfortunately, it's not uh, extremely simple to do. uh, As we could imagine, there's a lot of social media, a lot of tools and technologies that are required to do that effectively. Uh, But it's something that's out there that I really encourage people to look at. And the best place to start is thinking through our webinar and looking at some of our material on our website, and that can help you.
1: Yeah, and, and by the way, listeners, as part of my homework earlier on, I, I was I was searching terms like uh, ESG. What are the implications of ESG, etc.? Guess who came up near the very top of the search? It was Speaky. Um, okay, so uh, this is a show for HR pros. Um, so how how do how do most human resource teams get involved in ESG?
0: Well, it's a good question. The ESG and uh, three letters representing three words, and they're quite large. So when you think about environmental, social, and governance, they cover everything from climate and how we manage that all the way around to, you know, compliance, bribery, corruption, whistleblowing. So it's a very large spectrum. Now, the S in ESG, the social element, is where most HR will focus and also on a little bit of the G side. So let's look at the S and let's look at what's traditionally within the S category. So Speaky has developed a a model that breaks ESG down into 19 different areas. And we have seven areas that are covered under the social. And typically, they're areas that most HR professionals are very used to and deal with on a day-to-day basis. We're looking at issues like diversity, equity, and inclusion. Thinking about the health and safety of employees, thinking about how we manage our people from a human capital perspective, how we pay people, how we treat people from gender equality or racial equality, thinking about the society in which we work in, the community and our community relations are typically an area within social. We also include in this area data protection. And so data protection is thinking about how do we protect employees' information and also the information of our customers. You know, data is uh, data protection these days is a right. I have a right to protect my data and the company needs to help do that for me. So data protection is part of social. The other element that's often part of social is when you deal with the outside world. So it's not just our employees, but it's our Suppliers, employees. So, how do we think about the impact that as an organization we are having on this employees of our suppliers, our value chain? So, we've seen significant challenges over the years in some of the emerging markets in certain industries around human rights and modern day slavery. And how do we as an organization treat not only our own people, but how do we treat our suppliers' people? And how do we build an environment where our supply chain is treating people in the way that we would expect them to treat? So the S in ESG is a very significant piece that requires a significant amount of work, uh, which is really led by HR professionals that understand how to engage with people, how to talk with people, how to build that sense of trust that's just so important when building these sorts of programs. So typically we find HR folks work with us in the S side and also a little bit of the G side as well. So the G side and the governance around whistleblowing and transparency and ethics and integrity are the, typically the areas where we find a lot of human resources professionals working.
1: So the process, does that also does that also mean that there needs to be some kind of an ESG officer? Involved, or it's very much led by, by HR.
0: So each organisation that tackles these ESG areas really have to stand back and think about what level of commitment do they have to ESG and is it of value to them to manage ESG and think of their stakeholders as real considerably important parts of their ESG initiatives. Now, when you're looking at those stakeholders, which include not only employees and customers, partners, suppliers, potential investors, but it also includes the planet. The planet is a stakeholder in our businesses that we've in most part chosen to ignore over the last 50 years, but is now going to be a significant part of how we operate going forward. So those different stakeholders and the depth of ESG will typically mean that it's a collective effort. It's a collective effort across uh, a number of people across the organisation who will either operate as a committee or they will operate under the auspices of an ESG officer. And in some cases, that role is appointed or is an additional role to someone in the organization. And that person is commonly either a human resources person or it's a legal or compliance person or it's someone who takes on the role of ESG as a discipline. What we are finding is that no matter whether there's an individual person or there's a committee involved or someone who's been designated as the ESG officer, what we are definitely finding is that you will need to operate as a, as a collective. You know There will be a number of people across the organisation who sit under this banner of ESG and then having a mechanism to be able to report that information up to the ESG consolidator in a way that they can then package it and present it back to the stakeholders. So we're finding it definitely as a collective and HR are a significant element of that grouping.
1: Where do you think this ESG area will go in the future?
0: Well, I certainly don't think it's going away. uh, So that's for sure. Uh, Despite some comments saying, you know, ESG is is flawed or ESG doesn't work. uh, Despite some of those comments in the industry being said by some people, uh, in some sense, those those comments are correct. In the sense that the old ESG, where we are focused on financial services companies rating a company for its sustainability, those things are a little bit old and a little bit narrow. The broader concept of ESG is definitely right and it's definitely here to stay. I mean, who in their right mind would say that, you know, I want to have a company that doesn't think about the environment, that we don't care about natural resources, we don't care about the climate, we don't care about what sort of energy we use, we don't care about how we treat people, we don't care about diversity, we don't care about health and safety, we don't care about uh, human rights, we don't care about risk management, we don't care about whether we pay bribes or whether we're integrity or whether we... Comply with laws or whether we're transparent, we will never give anyone an opportunity to be a whistleblower. Uh, Obviously, every single one of those things is absolutely wrong. And so we all know that every one of those things, doing it correctly, is the answer. So ESG and that structure is definitely here to stay. Whether it changes a little bit or it morphs and develops, I'm sure it will. But the fundamental elements of ESG, which is all the things that I've mentioned and thinking about it from a stakeholder perspective, that is definitely not going away. So my message to all HR professionals and right across the management teams is to get on with it and tackle it and start to tease out what ESG means to your organization and how you're going to tackle it and what are you going to focus on because it's definitely not going away
1: okay and for those for those leaders and those hr pros listening out there today and they're they're scratching their head and they, they perhaps need a little bit of advice to get going to get on with it as as you say uh, how, how can how can they get in contact with uh, speaky and and maybe get your advice
0: well the first thing is obviously reach out to our on our website so speaky.com includes a fairly good overview of the products and services that we provide and wherever possible, we've given a lot of guidance. So there's information there around webinars and and other articles and and pieces that we've written to try and help companies develop the skills that they need in order to tackle some of these areas. So the first thing I do is, is head to speaky.com. Mm-hmm. The second area is engagement. Like everything in ESG, it's all about engagement, and I encourage people to engage with us. Uh, LinkedIn is the probably the best method of doing that, uh, where you'll see myself you know talking about these issues on linkedin pretty much daily so find me on linkedin and connect with me or follow me and i'll try and give as much information as i can to help companies on that path towards making esg a real value to their to their business through making it a value to their stakeholders and if you make it a value to your stakeholders you engage stakeholders and you you bring them to being a part of this esg initiative It has to be good for business.
1: Amazing. Well, that just leaves me for today to say, Scott Lane, thank you very much for joining me again on the HR Chat Show.
0: You're welcome, Bill. Thanks very much for having me and enjoy the ESG journey.
1: And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working.